Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Kia ora and welcome from RNZ National. Here's Our Changing World with me, Alison Balance. Now, a snowy spring in the South Island was, of course, followed by New Zealand's hottest summer on record. So what does that mean for the country's glaciers? Niwa has just finished its annual Snowline survey, and here's Andrew Laurie to tell us about it. A team from Niwa and Victoria University Wellington got in a series of small aircraft, and we did the end-of-summer Snowline survey across the Southern Alps. And what we do is we take oblique photographs of 50 index glaciers that are representative of what's going on with the snow and ice at the top of the Southern Alps. How many glaciers do we have in the Southern Alps? There's more than 3,000 that um, have been catalogued by Trevor Chin, who's our colleague who who, um, led the flight for many years and who still comes on the flight with us. He undertook a glacier inventory survey in the late 1970s that showed that there was more than 3,200 unique glaciers. It's a lot. When you're doing this great scenic flight, flying around taking photographs of 50 glaciers, why are you doing that? From year to year, um, our climate varies. And one of the reasons why we're, we're doing this is to actually look at how climate variability and long-term climate change affect the snow and ice resources of New Zealand. So basically, how much ice is there still in the Southern Alps? Yeah, that's right. So we can, we can track those changes um, from, from year to year by looking at things like the snow line and, and estimating the volume change um, for these, these index glaciers or the, these indicative glaciers that sort of correlate more, more broadly to the wider ice mass of the Southern Alps. Well, we'll get to the longer picture in a minute, but obviously the question on my mind is we've just had the hottest summer on record. So what are our glaciers looking like? Quite simply put, they're looking in pretty sad shape for this year. Um, you can definitely tell that there are some impacts of having warmer, much warmer than normal temperatures, and in fact, record warm temperatures for this summer. And our previous work that we've done, again, in conjunction with researchers at Victoria University Wellington, have, have shown this connection between what's going on in the central Tasman Sea in terms of those sea surface temperatures that are sitting offshore and how those get advected onto land and up, up to altitude. And the basic connection is that If you have warmer sea surface temperatures in and around the Tasman Sea, you typically also have similarly warm temperatures um, on land and and up to to, to elevation. And so so it's not not surprising that with this record warm marine temperatures, the marine heat wave, that we've had quite a strong effect on the glaciers. There's been a lot more melting than normal? When we have warmer than normal um, summers, what happens is that it really reduces the potential for any of the snow that fell in the previous winter period to be retained through the summer and, and into next year. And, and, and that's really important because if you want to build a glacier or sustain a glacier, it's kind of like having a piggy bank. There has to be some reserves in the piggy bank from year to year, and you have to build up those savings. When you start peeling through whatever you've earned this year, and then you start dipping into the savings, i.e. the, the previous year's um, snowfall, um, which, is, which is compressed, and then also ice um, underneath that, that, then the glaciers start to decline. And what we're seeing this year is that 30 out of the 50 glaciers had snow lines that were above the top of the mountain. So nothing from last year was kept. And, and in all likelihood, they're starting to dip well into their savings from a record warm year. 
So you're really recording what the, le- the level of snow is that you can see? Yeah, the level of, of snow that, that, um, that fell from last season. So, so what we see when we've gone up this year is that, um, you know, you're getting uh, dirty, dirty snow and ice and um, in many cases no indication that any of the snow that fell last year has been retained. Any plus sides in this at all? Uh, no. <laughs> I actually don't see any benefit of what's occurred this year. Um, all, I, all I can see from a year like this is it's incredibly detrimental for our glaciers and our snow and ice. And um, the, the real concern is that we don't know what the future is going to hold, but if the dice become loaded towards having more years like this in the future as a result of a combination of, say, natural climate variability and, and also anthropogenic forcing on, on the climate, i.e. warmer temperatures because we're pumping greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, that's going to be very detrimental for our glaciers. How many years have these surveys been going for? In continuous form, really, um, from, from, say, the late 1970s, 1978 was the first year where, where a majority of the glaciers were captured. So, so I consider that our, our first real year. And it's also the baseline from which parts of the snow line are set. So um, essentially 40 years, there was a one year where only one of the glaciers um, within that span was, was taken, and that was the transition between the DSIR and, and, and the Crown Research Institutes. So we've got a pretty continuous record across that time period. And why did Trevor Chin choose the glaciers that he chose? Trevor's a really clever man, okay? And in New Zealand, uh, much much like the quote for, for Ernest Rutherford, we don't have the money, so we've got to think. And so Trevor had a very small amount of money to do some, some work to try to determine something about the glaciers um, and monitor them from year to year. Mass balance measurements um, in, their, in their classical sense are, are very time-consuming um, and very expensive to do. It requires people who are experts in glaciology to be on the ground taking measurements with snow stakes um, throughout the year to see how um, those glaciers are changing. So you can imagine with a t- within a state like New Zealand being so big and glacierized across a very, very long expanse that that's, that's next to impossible to do. So he thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up in a plane and I'm going to measure something that tells us about the glacier's health during the year. And he decided, okay, that, well, the end of summer snow line can tell you at least something about how the glacier has gone during the course of, of what's called the, the glacier hydrology year, which basically starts in April when we start getting our, our snowfalls into winter, and it ends at, at um, the, the end of the following summer in, in March. So you've got to do these surveys as late in summer as possible, but before the next lot of snows start falling. That's right, and it's really pushing it in some cases. I mean, as you know, we get we get a lot of extropical systems that start to impinge on New Zealand between February and March, and um, quite often these beautiful ridges of high pressure that we have during you know the months of February, th- those types of windows and their persistence, um, you know, it can be somewhat questionable um, in March when these systems are barreling down on us. So. It's, it's really um, a bit of a gamble. Um, we, we're ready to go at sort of a day's notice. We start, we start looking probably about three weeks before the end of February about, okay, well, when's our first window going to happen? And it's always a bit of a, a dice roll. Fortunately, the forecasts are getting a lot better. We had a great, um, a great forecast given to us by, um, by Ben Knoll, who's a forecaster here at NIWA. And, um, and we were able to hit a really nice two-day window, and we captured all the glaciers that we wanted to. Now, why do glaciers matter? Okay, I mean, that's, that's really important. I'm chatting to, to Brian Anderson about this, and Brian is, is um, one of the foremost experts on glaciology in, in New Zealand, and, and we, were, we were chatting about this, and um, the phrase has been used before that, that these glaciers are our water towers up at the top of the Southern Alps, and that, that's a very good analogy. And, um, and, and when they trickle down and, and feed um, 
river systems that flow into into Canterbury and, and into Westland. I mean, that's incredibly important for water resource management, so our, our water supplies. Um, it's important, of course, for, for agriculture. Um, it's important for the power generation that we have for New Zealand as well. So, I mean, if you think about the, the hydro network that is um, uh, the, the scheme that's on the eastern side of, of the Southern Alps, I mean, every drop of water that goes into those particular schemes um, is generated eight times, so to speak, um, because of how that how that power power scheme is connected. So, that that just doesn't stay on the South Island. It's actually um, power that's that's actually transmitted up into the North Island, right? So it's incredibly important for um, supporting our infrastructure and our society. Thanks, Andrew. That was Andrew Laurie from Niwa, and he says we shouldn't forget the importance of glaciers for ecology as well, and also that if we have a drought, you can think of the ice as the reserve tank. I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast first aired on RNZ National on the 15th of March 2018. We are online at rnz.co.nz slash ourchangingworld and it's worth checking out the webpage to see the photos that go with the audio. If you really like birds, there's an entire Our Changing World bird collection that you'll find there as well. We are also available as a podcast from various apps, including the RNZ app, Apple Podcasts on your mobile phone and iTunes on your computer, as well as Spotify, Stitcher and Radio Public. Check out the other RNZ podcasts while you're there. One of our newest is Your Money with Mary Holm, in which investment author Mary Holm talks with Jessie Mulligan about her top tips for how to make your money work. If you're feeling social, we're on Twitter and Facebook at RNZ Science. Bye for now. Hey, corner mai. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.